I've been blessed already. Um, I'd be okay to go home now, but I know God has given me something that he uh, has for me to tell you today. Um, now, as I was praying about what God wanted me to share, um, this came to me. I was like, well, is this God? I want to know that this is from you and not just my heart because my heart has been in this for the past few months. Um, but God, God has led me here, and so this is what I'm to talk on today, and we're going to talk about um, the power of prayer. Now, I've never used this before. Is there anything I need to do? Top button. Top button. Okay. pressure. Right there. There you go. There we go. Okay. So, <clears throat> we're talking about the power of prayer, and our... our Scripture today is found in Ephesians 6.18, and it says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we're going to be talking about the power of prayer and some of the different types of prayers that we need to be praying. Um, just to start off, I just want to pray. Father God, I just thank you for this message that you've laid on my heart. I pray that, Lord, that you would just, uh, it would be your words, not mine that your message would come through. I pray um, for all the people here, Lord, that you just open their ears and their minds to what you have for them to. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so this main verse, um, it was written by Paul, and it's found right after he's talking about um, the fruit of the Spirit being set up for, for war and, and, and um, yeah, the armor of God and standing firm. And as he's done it, of talking about the different fruits of the not fruits of the spirit, the armor of God. He says this, so pray in the spirit in all on all on all occasions. Um, I love this because you know there are different kinds of prayers that we pray, and there's different kinds of things that we need to be praying. Um, but this is like it's all occasions um, with all kinds of different prayers and requests. Um, so we're going to look at at a few different ones. Uh, that we need to be praying. The first type of prayer is that of repentance. Um, the Bible tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, and so we need to repent. Confessing our sins is what we're told to do. Um, oh, I guess I skipped that one. First uh, John 1.9 says, If we confess, confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So because of the fall back in the Garden of Eden, every person since then has been born into sin. And so even if we think we're a good person and haven't done anything overly bad, we're still in sin. The only way to get rid of our sins is through Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection. That's the only way we can be free from sin um, and be in a relationship with God. Now we just celebrated Christmas. And in that, I mean, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about God's great love for us. That while we were lost in sin, he chose to come to earth in the form of a little baby to live a life here on earth, but to ultimately die on a cross as the payment for our sins. His re resurrection shows that he has conquered sin and death. Uh, now, salvation is a free gift that's there for everyone. We just need to accept it. So don't believe the lie that a loving God would never send anyone to hell. Our loving God was willing to do anything. He was willing to give his own life so that you wouldn't have to die. Um, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal 
life. He loved the world so much. He loved the lost so much. He loved those that are in sin so much that he was willing to send his one and only son to die for us. Um, so this is that is a loving God. That is a totally loving God. Um, he did everything he possibly could to keep us out of hell. It's not God that sends us there. It's us that sends ourselves. Because all we need to do, God gave us free will. He never forces himself on anyone. So he gave us free will. We need to choose this this amazing option that he's given us. Um, so the first prayer that we need to pray is that of repentance. Um, there is a difference between confession and repentance. Um, the definition for confession is to admit or state that one has committed a crime or is at fault. Um, I can confess my sins, um, but not be changed. Now, repentance is defined as to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. Um, Wikipedia says it this way. It says, repentance is reviewing one's actions and feeling contrite, I can't say it now, contrite, <laughs> regret um, for past wrongs. Then it's accompanied by the commitment to, to an actual actions that show and prove a change for the better. Now, as a child, <laughs> um, I was not a very good kid. Um, I yeah, I was not a good kid. That was my before Christ days, um, and I was always saying I'm sorry. That was like it was just quick out of my mouth. Um, I would say I'm sorry to get out of being in trouble or to smooth things over. If I hurt somebody, I would say I'm sorry really quickly, trying to smooth things over. But I never really meant it. I have I have a vivid memory of my sister saying to my parents, they, she said that my stories mean nothing because I was just going to do it again. And there was truth in that. And my relationship with Jesus actually as, as a child up until I was 12 was the exact same way. I went to the altar continually saying I'm sorry, but I never meant it. <laughs> there was no change. Um, yeah, nothing happened. It wasn't until I was 12 years old that I repented. I made a change. I was actually sorry for the things I had done, and I changed. Now... The prayer of repentance, though, isn't only for the purpose of coming to Christ. It's not just for the unbelievers. It's not just for, for those um, yeah, that have never met Christ yet. It's also for the believers. Because no matter how long we are in Christ, we still need this kind of prayer. Maybe we haven't sinned in blatant ways, um, but maybe we need to repent for our attitudes. Or maybe we need to repent for our complacency or our self-centeredness, or for the distracted lives we're living. Anything that hurts the heart of God and affects our relationship with Him and with others needs to be taken care of. Anything that we put above God, anything that takes our focus off of God, um, may need to be repented for. Uh, I heard a preacher at a conference just lately, and they said, in prayer, we need to talk less and repent more. Um, Pastor Betty, she just talked about, she talks about a lot, um, about keeping short accounts with God. The more unrepentant sin that we let, let in our lives, the further we become from God. And one day we might just wake up shocked at how far we have come um, from the cross. I remember doing an illustration at camp with kids, and there was a cross beside me, and I had a box, and you put the box, and it was like, okay, here's a little something, and here's another little something, and then, you know, the more sin we let in our lives, all of a sudden you couldn't see the cross anymore. Um, backsliding doesn't happen in an instant.
resistant. It's when we let those little things um, in, we let it go, then we start to become desensitized um, to the speaking of the Holy Spirit. Then we start to let bigger things come and bigger things happen. And yeah, sometimes we just have too much noise in our lives that we can't hear the voice of God. Um, and we harden our hearts. And sometimes we become hypocrites or legalistic um, and far from God. Now, thankfully, God is always pursuing us. Amen. He's always trying to get us back into a right relationship with him. And thankfully, his love is so great and his offer of forgiveness, it never runs out. So please don't let the lies of the enemy keep you from coming back to God. God still loves you and he wants you. And the blood of Jesus is stronger and bigger than any of our failures. Prayers of repentance bring transformation or change. Um, repentance has been said, you know, where we feel strong regret and remorse for our sins, and we turn. We do a 180. We're going one direction, we turn, and we will go the complete opposite direction. You know, we feel so bad for hurting God that we change um, the course that we were walking, the course that we were traveling, the path that we were on, so that we can walk with God um, so our first prayer that's pretty important, that's really important, is our prayer of repentance. Now another type of prayer we need to be praying is that of praise and thanksgiving to God. God is worthy of our praise. God is mighty to save. He's faithful. He's loving. He's in control. He wants the best for us. He takes care of those who love him. He has the power to change us. He has the power to change our situations. He's holy. Now, his holiness alone should humble us. Um, just as Pastor Betty talked about last week. You know, we need to be humble. And when we get a glimpse of God and his holiness, it should make us see ourselves for what we really are. And that is absolutely nothing without him. Um, when we take the time to pray and praise God, it helps us to remember who God is and be able to trust him more. It affects our other prayers that we pray because we remember who God is and what he's capable of. We need to be thankful for everything that he's done as well. Gratitude changes our attitude. It helps to see the blessings and the answers to prayer that he's done. And in that, in the same way, it will affect our other prayers because we trust him. Uh, Philippians 4, 4-7, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what he's saying here is pretty straightforward. I mean, if we are praising God for who he is, and what he's done, then we will rejoice in him. And if we're staying in a close relationship with God, our character should reflect, reflect that. And we can have peace. And if this peace, it says it transcends, it goes beyond all our understanding. It's a peace that only comes from God. It doesn't make sense in our chaotic world that we live in. This verse tells us not to be anxious about anything. Now again, when we're focused on God and who God is, our praise, uh, and what he can do, our thanksgiving, then we can give all our worries and our stresses to him. And we can have peace in the stressful or worrisome situations because we know that he is able to handle it. And in that, this peace we get only comes from God. 
Now, I'm not trying to diminish or, or dismiss struggles that maybe you're going through. I know that there are a lot of things right now that seem so dark and hopeless or stressful. But I know that we have a God who can handle how we're feeling and who has the power to get us through. The Bible talks a lot about having struggles and the difficulties and trials we're going to have here on earth. But these things are only temporary. God is in control. And we know that if we have Jesus, we can have peace that makes no sense in the things we're going through. And God is able to do so much more than we can even imagine. Prayers of praise and thanksgiving are a way of strengthening our faith um, and our relationship with God. We cannot trust someone we don't know. Uh, so we need to get in our Bibles and read and find out who God is and what he's done. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. Thank you, Lord. Um, in it just a few years ago on New Year's here in our church. He preached a sermon, and it was called uh, New Year, Same God. And it's so true. You know, we might be in a new year, but God is the same God. The God that brought the Israelites out of slavery, parted the Red Sea, provided for them in the desert, knocked down the walls of Jericho, shut them out of lions, walked in a fiery furnace, brought down a giant, sent his son to earth to live and die and rise again. He's the same today. His power and provision haven't changed. Um, I want us to take a look at the story of Paul and Silas in prison. So in Acts chapter 16, we see that Paul and Silas are on their way to pray. And there was this young lady with an evil spirit, and she was following them around. And she kept yelling, These men are servants of the Most High God who are, who are telling you the way to be saved. And she did this for days. And so Paul finally gets so annoyed with her um, that he commands in Jesus' name that the evil spirit comes out of her. Now once it did, she can't tell fortunes anymore. And so her slave owners get pretty angry. Um, they have Paul and Silas arrested, and they're severely beaten and thrown into prison. Now the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Uh, so he didn't want to take any chances. He puts them in the inner cell. He locks them up in chains. Um, now, in verse 25, it says, uh, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, we see here Paul and Silas, they're praying and praising God, even though they've been falsely arrested, severely beaten, chained up, and are in prison. <laughs> and verse 26 continues and says, Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. We see an amazing act of God in response to their prayer and praise. If you know the rest of the story, the jailer comes in, sees the doors open. He's going to kill himself because he thought he lost all the prisoners. Paul speaks up, um, tells him not to harm himself. And his response to that is he goes right to Paul and Silas and he says, What must I do to be saved? And in that moment, they, him and his whole household are saved and baptized that night. They take Paul and Silas into their home. They have a meal. Anyway, it's, it's, it's amazing. But uh, God is so powerful, okay? So, and the God that did this miracle, the God that did this stuff, he's still the same today as he was then. And we need to give him the praise that he deserves and be thankful for everything he has done. Uh, so this takes us to our next kind of prayers that we need to pray. The next kind of prayers we need to pray 
are breakthrough prayers, or the impossible prayers. These prayers are powered in the same way the last ones were, by knowing and trusting who God is. So if you know who God is and what he can do, then you'll have the faith to pray for a breakthrough in things that seem impossible. Um, Jesus had been teaching, uh, and he had a conversation with the rich young ruler. And after that, Jesus makes a statement about how hard it is for a rich, a rich man to get to heaven. And this, the disciples asked him, who then can be saved? And, oh, I guess I didn't put it up there. But uh, Matthew 19, 26, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. There are things in this world that are impossible for us to do on our own, but not for God. Look at the Red Sea. The Israelites were trapped. On one side, we had Pharaoh and his army. On the other side, a huge body of water. The situation looked impossible, and on their own, it would have been. But God did the impossible. He made a way through the Red Sea that they walked on dry land. Um, and not only did God save them, but he also wiped out the enemy that was after them. Christmas is another uh, impossible-made-possible moment. The people had continued to rebel and turn from God over and over and over. As you, if you read through your Old Testament, um, you'll see that. And the only way in the Old Testament that they could um, communicate or become right with God was through prophets, priests, keeping the laws, and animal sacrifices. But this wasn't working. <laughs> so God did something incredible to make a way for us to be in a relationship with him. Jesus left heaven to come down to earth as a little baby to grow up, lead a sinful, a sinless, sorry, <laughs> clarify, sinless life, even though he experienced everything that we go through. And he died as the final sacrifice for the sins of the world. So through him, we can now get rid of our sins and have the Spirit of God living inside of us if we choose it. Amen. So that's our repentance prayer. But, um, you know, that's something that, that the Old Testament people didn't have. They didn't have this, the Spirit of God living in him. You know, sometimes we identify with them and we say, look at the Old Testament. God's people messed up over and over and over and over, and we're just the same. Well, we're not the same because we have God's Spirit living inside of us. Um, anyway, side note. Um, so if you get into your Bibles um, and learn, the more you learn about God, the more you will underestimate who God is. Um, even though I think... <laughs> That we will all be blown away um, in that moment when we see God face to face to see who he really is and how powerful and mighty and awesome he is. Um, but I think that the enemy has tricked us into putting God into a little box. Not that God would ever fit, but, but in our minds we have God, this little thing or this person that we can put in a box and just take him out when we need him. Uh, or maybe he's become, you know, more like a Santa Claus. Where we make our list and we hope we've been good enough to get what we want. We have blinders on to the glory and the holiness and the power of God. These blinders keep us focused on what we want. Um, it keeps us in control of our lives instead of seeing that our holy God wants us fully surrendered to him. He wants complete control of our lives. We can't manipulate God. He sees all the motives and the actions of our heart. God created us all for so much more than we're settling for. I think we've accepted um, the lie of what success looks like and forget that this world is just temporary. We need to define our success, our success 
on the eternal. You know, we send our kids to tutors or summer class so that they'll be successful in school, but then we let them choose to stay home from church. That's, that's kind of where we've gone. You know, we can be dedicated to sports and clubs, but church and camps are optional. Now, I know for me, I went to church uh, every Sunday morning, uh, Sunday evening, Wednesdays, but it wasn't until uh, I was at camp. See, I think for me, I was so immersed in the world that the small bits of church that I got just wasn't quite enough for me. It was, it was that week of camp where I was out of the world and in an environment that I was immersed all week that it took to break through the, the hard-headedness of, my, of me um, to realize how much I needed God. So I think, you know, we should, I don't want us to miss out uh, or have our kids or our teens miss out on, on those moments that they could encounter God. Uh, for one of my sons, um, he was eight years old, and it was bringing him to revival meetings during the week here uh, that he heard the message, and that changed him, uh, like completely changed him. He went from being a lot like me as a kid, <laughs> kind of more, I would, I would call it on the bratty side, always you couldn't trust anything that, the, that he said, to being one of the most Jesus-like, spirit-filled people I know. And that was at eight years old, and that was just from being here, listening to the message. It wasn't in the kids' program downstairs. It was, it was hearing the, the, the evangelist speak. Um, and now, I mean, I'm speaking to the parents because here's, but it's also for the teens, the youth, it's for each of us. Um, I'm not going to get into all the stories of my kids or my daughter-in-laws or future daughter-in-laws, but there's another future daughter-in-law that doesn't have the support of her family. Um, only Christian in her home, and she chose, and it was a fight sometimes, but chose to make sure that she was at church and make sure she was at, at youth and became a leader. Um, so, you know, teens, you guys have the responsibility uh, to, to get out to, or to try to get out to church or make the effort um, as well. Um, but anyway, I think, you know, we need to be praying these breakthrough impossible prayers because for our teens, for our kids, for our grown kids, our grandkids, um, you know, no one's too far gone. No one's too addicted. No one's too hard-headed. No one's too, um, you know, too deep in sin for God to be able to reach them. And we need to have that faith and that belief. Um, and so there's another story in the Bible um, of someone in prison. It's from Acts as well. Uh, Acts chapter 12. We see Peter in prison. Also, not for a good reason. Um, anyway, the next day, Peter's going to be tried. And during the night, an angel of the Lord comes to Peter. Peter was chained between two guards, and at the entrance, there was guards. The Bible tells us there was actually four uh, squads of four soldiers each guarding him. So that's 16 soldiers. Um, the angel awakens Peter. When he does, the chains fall off. The guards stay asleep. Peter then is led out of the prison right through um, out to the city gate. And the Bible says that the iron gate was opened by itself for them. Now, starting at verse 11, um, it says, Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping that would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where the people had gathered and were praying. So take note here, that Peter knew that people were gathered and praying. 
Um, and they would be praying for God to do something on behalf of Peter and hoping for hoping for God's move. Now look at verse 13 to 16. It says, Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed and ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting it was so, they said, it must be his angel. So the people that were praying for, for God to do something, they were praying, praying for Peter, um, did not believe that when the answer had come. They think he's dead. Um, it goes on to say, but Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. They were praying to God, yet they were underestimating God. When God answered in such a big way, they didn't believe it. They were astonished. They were surprised with the way that God answered. We need to be praying more breakthrough prayers and believing that God can do more than we can even imagine. Amen. We need to be praying for our families. We need to be praying for salvation, for breakthroughs in addictions, for breakthroughs in our communities, for breakthroughs in our church and in our nation. There's nothing too hard or too big that our incredible God can't handle. Um, we should be pre preparing, though, for his answer. Um, I think of the story of the farmers that are all praying for rain, and yet only one went out and prepared their land. If people are praying for rain, then we should be carrying our umbrellas. <laughs> you know, believe for it. Revival can happen, but what are we doing to prepare for it? How are we getting ready? I think that personally we need to make sure that we are keeping short accounts with God. That we're keeping our hearts in tune with God's. And through that, we'll have a burden for the lost around us and want to serve those in need. We'll be willing to step up and lead a Bible study or a program or open our home or open your wallet to help out with the needs of more people coming to God and needing to be discipled. Don't get caught up in the doom and gloom of our culture that we live in. God has not stopped working. God in the Bible is the same today, and we can believe that he's not done moving yet. He won't be done until Jesus returns. So, now here we go, though. I'm not saying that if you have enough faith, um, that God will do anything that we ask. Jesus says it just takes faith the size of a mustard seed to move a mountain. So it's not about having a lot of faith. It's more about our prayers lining up with the will of God. The closer to God we get, the more our wants line up with his wants. The desires of our hearts are for the things of God. The more we know God, the more we understand what he wants to do. So, there's power in prayer, church. We need to be praying these types of prayers regularly. We need to be repenting. Repentance prayers keeps us right with God and with others. Uh, prayers of praise and thanksgiving keeps our focus on God. Breakthrough prayers, impossible prayers to God and see him move. Uh, as we're in a new year, a new church year, uh, we need to commit to prayer. If we want to see God move, we need to commit to prayer. Um, and I mean, these prayers aren't individual prayers. It doesn't mean you just pray a prayer of repentance or you just pray a prayer of thanksgiving. You can't. They can be a prayer on their own. But sometimes it's going through it all. Sometimes it's praising God for what he's done. Sometimes we, we pray a prayer of repentance and praise and thanksgiving all at the same time. But we need to be praying. Um, Charles Spurgeon said, the condition of the church may very, ac very accurately gauge by its prayer meetings. So is the prayer meeting a graveometer 
uh, and from it we may judge the amount of time divine sorry the amount of divine working among the people. If God be near a church, it must pray, and if He be not there, then one of the first tokens of His absence will be slothfulness in prayer. Church, I don't know about you, but I want to see God move. May we never be said to have a slothfulness in our prayer life here as a church. Um, Jim Simbola, uh, he's the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. If you know the story, he had a rough start with very few people, not enough money to pay the bills, building needed repairs, and when it looked like they were going to close, have to close the doors, God spoke to him, and this is what he said in his first service after God told him. He said, if we call on the Lord, he has promised in his word to answer to bring the unsaved to himself, to pour out his spirit among us, us. If we don't call on the Lord, he has promised nothing, nothing at all. It's that simple. No matter what I preach or what we claim to believe in our heads, the future will depend on our times of prayer. Now, I don't know uh, if you know much about the church since then, but God has poured out his spirit and done amazing things. But the most amazing thing is their Tuesday night prayer meeting has thousands of people there. Um, and people are being set free and coming to God at them. Um, and you know, this is the same God that we serve. His promises aren't just for that church or for those people. But a lot of God's promises takes us doing something before we see the promise. Matthew uh, 6, 33 says, but, first, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We need to seek his kingdom first. Like, that's our main priority. Um, Joshua 29, 12-13, it says, Then you will call on me and come to me to pray, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Can we say that we're seeking God with all our heart? Or is there something getting in the way? As the worship team comes, um, just know that the altars are always open here. If you need to come pray, please come. Um, maybe today you need to come to pray a prayer of repentance. Maybe you've never asked for the forgiveness of your sins or given your life to Christ. Please don't wait. Come. Or maybe you need to repent of attitudes or things that have taken over first place in your life. Please come. Maybe you need to focus on God and pray a prayer of praise and thanksgiving. Please come. Maybe you need to pray a breakthrough prayer for your families, your friends, your community, or this church. Come. Maybe you need to make a commitment to pray more. Please come. 